This episode is sponsored by Podcorn. Podcorn is a marketplace connecting podcasters to amazing podcast sponsorship opportunities, such as host read ads, interview segments, topical discussions, and more. With Podcorn, there's no middleman. Podcasters of all audience sizes can browse and choose opportunities right from one platform, set their own rates, and collaborate with brands directly. I first heard about Podcorn listening to a podcast late last year, and as soon as we got our podcast going, it was one of the first places that I went and checked out. I look, and I now look on their website about once a week, just because there's different sponsorships available all the time. So if you have a podcast or are thinking about starting a podcast, then I want to encourage you to visit podcorn.com. Natalie, where should they go? To podcorn.com. Yes, check out podcorn.com. Well, welcome to Force of Light Entertainment, where we talk all things Star Wars, DC, Marvel, and anything that excites us. I'm your host, Michelle, and with me is my co-host, my sister, Natalie. Hey, everybody. This is episode 34, and if you have not yet, please subscribe to the podcast and leave us an awesome five-star review and write us a nice, or or five-star rating and leave us a nice review. Please do. Yes. Also, don't forget for our podcast listeners to subscribe to our YouTube channel because we will have certain content that will just be on YouTube. And also, if you found us today on YouTube, go ahead and subscribe to the channel. Yes, hello, I'm Natalie, and this is... Michelle, and and give us a thumbs up on the video. Well, Force of Light Entertainment is a proud member of the Red 5 Network, and the Red 5 is a group of great podcasts that discuss all kinds of different topics. So I encourage you to check out the other Red 5 family podcasts by visiting red5network.com. Again, red5network.com. There's some great stuff, great content, so check that out. Well, I hope everyone has had an awesome 4th of July weekend, and I hope you set off lots of fireworks this weekend. We, yes. Yeah. I mean, happy happy birthday to America, and yes. I, we hope you had, a like I said, an awesome weekend and set off all kinds of different fireworks. Well, today... All kinds of different fireworks. Well, there's different types. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I, I go for the ones that, like... Sounded figurative, almost. Uh, well, I go for the Just ones... set off all kinds of different fireworks. I go for the ones that don't... Uh, that I can't risk, like, losing a finger. True. Like, smoke bombs. Probably uh, smart, Michelle. Sparklers. What are they called? Spark... Things like that, that, that really there's no risk with. That's what I go for. But whatever, whatever you, you like. Yeah. Well... Today, we are going to be discussing one of my favorite DC comic movies, and one of my favorite comic movies in general, and that is the movie Wonder Woman. So join the conversation, and let's talk some Wonder Woman. All right, Natalie. We'll we'll begin with just kind of initial thoughts, and my initial thoughts, I first went to see this with Isabella, my niece, her daughter, and I loved it so much. That as soon as we left, I was like, Natalie, you've got to come see this movie. So we went with you, like yes. literally the next day, and we saw it again. So my initial thoughts are that I totally love this movie. It was one of the first, because I've said in a previous episode that uh, The Dark Knight was really my golden standard of what a great comic should be like, and I'd kind of been disappointed because I expected all comics to live up to that standard, and to me, they had it. So this was really the first comic, not that I hadn't enjoyed some of the other ones since then, 
But this was the first comic that that grabbed me on like kind of the same level of The Dark Knight. So that is how much I loved it, Natalie. What what did you think of the movie? I thought it was a great movie. Um, I've got my little Wonder Woman Funko Pop with me. She's very cute. Little Diana. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, great movie. Um, you know, different than most, obviously, being a female superhero, um, I think. Well, that's worth pointing out, Natalie, because this was, but this is pre-Captain Marvel, so this really was the first big female comic book movie. And I think they killed it. They totally did. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, Patty Jenkins, who directed this movie, and I think it's worth noting as we get into this movie here in a minute, that even though this is this awesome female-centric movie, it also has incredible male figures in the True. movie, which is what makes it so well-rounded and so great. And even though Patty Jenkins gets most of the credit for this movie, being the, the director of this movie, as she should get credit for it, it's worth noting that there were male writers. Yes. So even, even off-camera... It was both men and women working together to create this really awesome, just incredible movie. Right. So I, I think that is is of worth note. And coming into this movie, because I don't watch the Fast and Furious franchise, this I was seen that either. Yeah, this was my first introduction to Gal Gadot. Gosh, and I I love her. She's just there's something so lovable from her looks, her smile. Her adorable accent. I just think she's precious. Yeah, she really. She. Uh, I'm a big fan. She. Yeah. To go to. I don't really think anybody could have embodied Wonder Woman the way she does. Yeah. Totally. I mean. I mean. I'm totally. sure there are others that would have done great, but I just think she so embodies uh, the compassion, uh, the kindness, just in her face and her eyes and her acting that comes across. Um, I just think she was absolutely the right choice for the role. Totally. Yes, definitely. I can't imagine. And Patty Jenkins, I guess, admitted that originally she didn't really think of her for the role. Really? Role. But I'm so glad they picked her because now, like, she really is Wonder Woman. Like, there is, like you said, just a total great pick for this role and did an incredible job. So we can just kind of begin to, to, to move in, uh, to the movie and we'll kind of break it up in acts act one act two and three and we'll just kind of pick different things that we really enjoy in each act of the movie so the first act natalie i'd say is from beginning until they arrive in london so okay, we'll start yeah. there so anything you want to say from the first act i will say this i believe they gave an incredible introduction to the amazon women Yes, and Wonder Woman's backstory. Yes, it was incredible. I think it was like one of the best setups in a comic that I've seen. Just the, the beautiful scenery. I think they were probably, I think in Greece maybe. Kind of this utopia. Yeah. Yes, of all these 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 women warriors. And I love how they pick. Some of them look like they could fight in like wrestling. And then others were Victoria's Secret uh, models. Literally. <laughs> yes. So. So they had this this extreme mix of different looking women as these Amazon women. So it was just a very interesting. That, that that's why this like I said this movie just grabbed me immediately from the beginning. The introduction's so great. And I just thought it was so cool to see um you know whoever was in charge of the fighting uh the females the, this group of powerful women um, and their amazing fighting skills. I particularly was drawn to and sort of attached to 
uh, let's see, Robin Wright's Robin character. Wright's character who plays Wonder Woman's aunt in the film. Um, she did a great job, um, uh, but just of embodying this like fierce, strong woman, and and we laugh actually because you could tell she actually loves war. Like yeah, like she smiles know? when she goes into battle. <laughs> like that's just that's her thing, you know. Kind of how there are men that they yeah. I mean, we all kind of hate war, but there are some men that they like. They feel the most alive during war, and I, you know, it's cool to see a woman that feels that way also. Yes, because they give the backstory that they were, I guess, kind of created by Zeus to protect mankind from war, from Ares and from war. Yes. So they have this neat background and it, they make it feel otherworldly, but yet it feels like a world that we're familiar with. So it's, they did a great job of just setting this up and it, it touches you again because this is this first female movie or female comic movie. Just like when she's when she's a little girl and she's watching them fight and she starts doing the punch motions up at the top and her aunt sees her and just kind of smiles. Little Diana, so cute. Yeah, little Diana. And that's when we give, her mother gives the backstory, which is interesting because her mother doesn't really want to tell her, as some mothers can, sometimes out of fear. They kind of don't fully tell the full truth, we'll put it that Wanting way. Wanting to shelter her. Yeah, it, in the words of Obi-Wan Kenobi, she tells her the truth from a certain point of view, <laughs> yes. but not the full truth. So we get this incredible setup, and then it, it leads into eventually, of course, Diane as Diana as she is now older, and she doesn't know the power that she has. And that's what's kind of interesting as this movie unfolds. She continue. There's a, a tremendous arc for this character because in the beginning, she really doesn't know kind of who she is, not to, not like in a personal level, but like what she's capable of. Right. So by the very end of the movie, she's truly begun, she truly knows who she is and what she's capable of. So there's a great character arc. Which is a lot. Yes. So it's a great character arc, and we all love when Robin Wright's character goes after her and she does the first, you know, that motion, and boom, and she, it just kind of looks like, oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, very cool. And then once again, Robin Wright's character, when she's down, she you see like a smile come across <laughs> her face just because it's like she loves that, that she's like tapping into her potential. Yes. Um, yeah, I thought which, that was well, cute. Which brings up to the difference. Her aunt knows who Diana is, and that's why she believes she should be trained and should be ready and should be told. And Wright, as we, when we'll get into this in a minute, right as her character, Robin Wright's character, dies, which is sad. And it's kind very of, sad. And kind of sent, propels, though. It got me in the theater. Well, and I think just, um, you know, having a child uh, and Michelle, my sister, being so close to my daughter, kind of, you know, on a personal level, it kind of hit me. And the way she said, you know, I love her as you do. And she really loved Diana kind of as her own child also. Yes. And she was the one who really prepared Diana and worked with her and knew her very well. So it's sad when she dies, but it's kind of like it kind of propels Diana forward to the next stage of her life in a way. And she uh, is kind of even trying to hint at her who she is. Yeah. Like as she she dies. When she says, you have to go. Yes, you have to go. And yeah, she so that, that, that whole character I think is great and everything, all of that set up. So that leads to the setup of Steve, of, of Steve's character. And he um, he has an interesting because we find out where they live. It's kind of blocked. It's kind of shielded. Like it's 
it's actually people can stumble into it, but they get blinded. They can't see it, and they just think it's nothing, like there's a tremendous fog. Yeah. So when Steve's character, uh, his plane crashes in, and Diana, I'd have to say, when she jumps off the cliff, I'd have to give her a perfect 10 on her, I'd say across the board on that dive. Maybe a 20. Yeah, it was, it was quite the dive that, that she does. And their introduction is so much fun. Yeah. So what does she say? So are you a, you're a man? Yeah. Would you be an average man? Well, first she just says you're, no, first she smiles and says, you're a man. And he's like, don't I look like one? (laughs) I mean, their introduction is just so comedic. And of course, that's when the fight breaks loose and he helps her. And we realize eventually when they have the lasso truth on Steve that he is a spy and their whole their whole meeting is just it's just kind of magical when he's in the water and them talking and the, the comedy in it is so yes. is so good right it, it's uh it's like they went right to the line of PG thirteen comic but yes. did it go over the line and that's why it's very tasteful and very humorous it is so Steve of course has to get back to the war which is war world war one hard to say fast and. That that kind of ends. Is there anything else? Because that's kind of the end, really, of when she leaves with Steve to go. That's kind of really the end of the first act. But anything you want to say within the, the first act? Oh, oh, too. Her and Steve's conversation on the boat. That's hysterical. Yes. Everything yeah. with her and Steve just really works. I mean, Chris Pine is so good in this role and brings so much to this movie. Oh, he totally does. And they're both just, uh, I think they have great chemistry in this. Totally, yes. And they play off each other comedically very well. Yes, and I I would like to say, because I think you can see it, Patty Jenkins had, and I I was blanking on his name, Steve Trevor, Patty Jenkins had several movies that inspired her for this role. Oh, I want to say this too, I actually like the very beginning of the movie where it's in the future, and yes. it's almost like she's telling you the story. Like, she's almost the narrator, remembering. And I, I'd forgotten that until I rewatched it the other night. Yes, because it starts and ends in the present, but right. they go way back into the, the future, I mean, in the past. So I, I, that's kind of the neat. That's really never been done that I can think of in a comic movie. Yeah. It's almost like the beginning of uh, Ever After. <laughs> yeah, when they bring her that picture, you know, yeah. you can tell it's very sentimental to her and you know, means something to her. For yeah. obvious reasons we see as she tells her story. Yes, which Bruce Wayne had sent to her. And so... Good old Batman. Yeah, good old Batman. Sent her the, the pick that starts off this incredible movie. So that's a neat, a neat uh, aspect of this movie. But two, something that I think is interesting, Patty Jenkins, like I said, had several things that inspired her with this movie. One of them being one of the first... Supermans, and I've watched, and there literally are these little homages she pays to one of the Superman movies, almost identical in ways. Like when Diana and Steve are in the the alley, and she puts up her fists and deflects the bullets. It's very, uh, very similar to this one Superman scene. But then also, I think is interesting is, and you can see this is that Patty Jenkins was really inspired. She was inspired, she said, a little bit by Indiana Jones, which, you know, she works She works too in a museum in the future. Yeah. Or in the present. And she was inspired by that. But then also The Little Mermaid, 
which is very interesting. Very much so. Yeah, yes. I, very, I very much see that because she is once again one of those characters that she, it's and it's cute, you know, kind of like a fish out of water. Yes, mermaid out of water or whatever. But uh, you know, she's kind of childlike almost and kind of discovering the world for the first time. And even it's so cute to me. It's like, and that's what's so great about her character. She's this, like, superhero and has so much strength, but yet she sees a baby and she's like, oh, the baby. Yeah. You know, and she wants to, and he's like, come on, we don't, well, you know, but, but, and she had, because she hadn't seen babies from where she was from. So that was like a big deal to see a baby. Yeah. But also just that kind of callback to, she is a woman, you know, a woman first. That's what I was going to say. I think they do such a good job of, she truly is a woman. Like, yeah. they, they didn't try to make her more masculine or more just kind of more that that role but she truly is just womanly and everything about her from her looks to that comment oh a baby like everything about her is just it's just womanly like totally and I just think it's so awesome to have this female character and there's such a variety of awesome female characters yes. that can play these strong roles but to have one that is truly, like we said, she is very much feminine. Yes. And uh, embodies kind of what I like to think are our great, almost innate qualities, you know, that make us women. Like compassion, Kindness merciful. and compassion, and, and she just embodies that. Yes. And, and back to the Little Mermaid thing, she truly is a fish out of water in this entire movie. And that's what makes it so much fun, her and Steve's interactions. Because I want to say this about Steve's character as much as she is all woman, he's all man. Like yes. he's like he's truly a masculine man. As he says, I'm above average. <laughs> he, he's uh, very intelligent. This incredible spy. What, and what's so funny too is the way she, not meaning to, kind of keeps like making him feel like he needs to. Yeah. Uh, you know, like I, I'm above average, or you know, he just keeps needing to drive that point home at different points. <laughs> And she sees that throughout the movie eventually. And, and that, but, but what you love about his character, and that's what. But she doesn't mean anything by no. it. It's just that he kind of, you know, feels the need to defend. He's. Yes. Yeah, because he is. He, I mean, Steve Trevor, this movie isn't as awesome, not anywhere near as awesome, if this character isn't as good as Chris Pine made this character. Yes. Like, this is truly a great character. And something I love about his role is he is so, as I watched, we recently watched uh, just Friday, this movie, he he's so patient with her because it's literally at times like he's dealing with a child. Like at times she gets something in her brain and he's trying to explain. And so I really appreciate that about his character, like his patience with her. Yes. Like he's, he's very careful because he could just think, man, this woman's such a weirdo. And he does like acknowledge something's very weird about all this, but he's so he's so caring to her and just kind of so gentle and patient with her also. Right. That is to be commended. It is. And and like I said, their whole scene on the boat and their conversation about the usefulness of men, like everything about it is just is just very funny. Great comedy you were yes. there. Yes, and like you said, they have tremendous chemistry. And I love in that conversation, he says something about the ma the man who can. And she says, I'm the man who can. <laughs> but <laughs> Just so confidently. <laughs> like, so they're just great. And the second act of this movie, I would say, kind of begins when they arrive in, in London. And it's funny. She's like, ooh, it's hideous. And he's like, well, it's, it's not for everybody. <laughs> 
But but it's so humorous as she meets his secretary and that the whole changing clothes scene is just hysterical. Her trying to find and she's like, Well, I can't fight in this and they're like, Well, that's not really the point. <laughs> but that Right, because he's still not really understanding like what she's capable of. Yeah. You know, and like where no. she's coming from. Yes, totally. And he eventually does in that alley scene that like I said pays homage to a Superman movie when he's like, Stand back. And she, as the guy shoots, deflects the bullet and it just bounces and off he's of like, her. Maybe don't stand back. Yeah, he's like, maybe not. <laughs> and of course, then she just begins to deflect the bullet and take and him out. And there is just whoever originally came up with the, the you know, these and how they, I mean, it's just like such powerful imagery. And it I, is. I just, I love it, you yeah. know? Well, it's, it's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like when it's always cool when a bullet will bounce off a of Superman. Like it's, yeah. just, it's just neat. So it's basically kind of like that, how she will deflect the bullets with her, with her. I mean, is it her wristbands or is it just her? That's, I know because she pretty much always wears them. Yes. Uh, but, but it's just such a symbol, a uh, symbol of, you know, just her power. And, and it's just, I don't know. It's so cool. Once again, not to make this, and I wanted to make this point too. This isn't about like, oh my gosh, w- women, women, we want to see these women fighting. But I think it's like, you know, especially, and, I, and I've said this before privately with Michelle, whether it be superhero movies or Star Wars and The Force, why not have these examples of these powerful women with these supernatural or superpowers? Like, it's just that we like to see that, too. And I think men enjoy it, too. Yeah. You know, it's a win-win for everybody, and it's just kind of past time. Like, we we want to see that, and we are starting to see that. So I think that's a great thing. Well, and Wonder Woman has really been, she's been kind of this symbolic image of female empowerment really since the 60s or maybe even before then, but for a very long time. And really, in the same way, DC has two characters that really do that for each each sex. You have Superman, and you see all the men, and even I love that symbol. But you have you see men in the gym with the S on their chest, and, because why? It stands for like to be more, like to yes. be to stand out, to be better. Like it, it has a meaning for like Superman does for women. I mean, for men, and Wonder Woman does the same for women. It's like this, right. this these symbols of empowerment for each. In Superman's case. Man, and, and I, I think even women relate to Superman, and that symbol becomes a symbol of hope. Definitely. That's the thing. That's why I'm saying it. I'm trying to make it very clear here yeah. when I say this. I love both. Yes. I love the male yes. superheroes, too. And I think it, in a similar way, it's like, uh, you know, Black Panther. Yeah. Like, that was important because we hadn't really seen that yet, and that was an awesome moment, yeah. you know, to have that. But I'm just saying, it is good to have representation for different groups of people to feel included. Well, and Wonder Woman for DC, the the, the DC the Holy Trinity they call it is Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. So Wonder Woman is just, I mean, all three of those characters are just very beloved by all. Yes. So, but she's an incredible character, and that scene. That the fighting style in this movie is very cool. Like every very time cool. she's deflecting bullets and taking people out, it's just very, it's it's awesome. And then yet again, they uh, Steve doesn't just sit there and do nothing. He's the one who knocks the guy out at the very end. Yeah. So it's always this working together, Steve and Diana working together. He's the man who can too. too. Yeah. Like he's like I said, he's very vital to this movie. And obviously, as we, at the end, we'll talk about the next movie, they realized how vital Steve is to Wonder Woman movies. But, so, so then we get introduced, of course, to his, his three, ultimately his three friends. 
But I was going to say, as they leave and go to war, something that, again, it goes back to her truly being fully, I think, just a, a female, you know, truly woman. And truly, like I said, she's not, they're not trying to make her a certain way. She just truly embodies fem femininity. Or I can't say that right now. Yeah, like, she's truly feminine. Right, like, because we're all individuals. Yes, but is when they're going to get on the boat, I believe, to go to the, the no man's land. And she's noticing these men coming back from war. And some of them have, you know, lost limbs. And she's noticing how terrible this is. And it's, it's this moment of her, again, she knows so little. And her mind war was this great thing. And they were these great mighty warriors. And it's this moment where she it begins to hit her, like how bad war is. As she sees these men, it, like in pain. And, and it's, it's just... It's kind of a defining moment. Well, and because she in her life, in this kind of, I guess, utopia, like I said, might be the right word for it. Like you said, she really, she's not aware of all this. No. She hasn't seen this pain and suffering in the, the real world, let's say. Like, she's as sheltered as a person could be. Yes. <laughs> so, totally. And, of course, she meets his, his friends, and they go on this adventure. And this leads us to one of my favorite scenes in movies. Like, this scene in the middle of the second act, it's just incredible. And it's what really sold, fully sold you on the movie or sold me on the movie. And it's just an incredible scene. And that's the no man's land scene. Again, there, this is uh, World War One, And of course, if you know your history on no man's land, they would, they would just, the men would, would be stuck in these trenches for weeks and months at a time because no one could cross because they had machine guns now. And very little ground was ever they could ever get they might get an inch i mean it was just yeah. it was awful and these men even i mean it was terrible world war one was awful and so they arrive at no man's land and this entire there's a whole segment that i'll tell you as far as it goes from the moment she arrives at no man's land and she sees the horse being mistreated she sees the man who's lost a limb she sees the kid crying and she's no and the camera is so good at, no, at following her watching these things. And you see her taking in the awfulness of war again. And yeah, well, I was just going to say it does. It builds the emotion. And I think sometimes, like, it did such a good job of sometimes things in society that are considered normal. Like in that case, you know, when she sees the the horse being hurt and she says, why are they hurting that horse? There's, there's a different way, you know. And, and I think about things even in our society today that are considered normal, that there's a better way. But, and, you know, we could be kinder. Uh, well, you know. and too, that it becomes normal. Like Steve was used to seeing these things. So he's able and to put his head down kinda, and keep going. He's kind of blocking it out. You know, and oh, this woman, oh, we don't have time. You know, we don't have time for that, Diana. You know, but she's seeing things through these fresh, compassionate eyes. And so it's just powerful. It's just building to the scene that we're getting to. Yes. And, and they build in the trenches. Finally, this woman grabs her and she's willing to listen because Diana is just so compassionate as this character and kind. And she tells her about their village. And that's where Steve's like, we've got to go now. We don't have time to help this. And she finally takes off her black cloak and you fully see her in this Wonder Woman outfit with her, the you know, the thing in her hair. And she lets her hair down and she's like, well, I can help. 
Yeah. And, and this leads into, like, the most powerful scene of the entire movie. Gosh, it's so good. Like, I'm not a crier, and I have to admit that it's hard. Like, I almost shed a tear every time at this point in this movie. And I've heard men say that they do, too. So it's just powerful and in I, general. I did, too. So I didn't tell Michelle. I was, like, sitting on the couch, and she's in a chair. And when the movie's over, Michelle, I think you brought that up or something. And I said, yeah. I said, I, I was, like, tearing up. And I said, I didn't even really know why. You know, it was just something like when she gets up there so confident and she starts that and then she's, uh, you know, holding off the bullets for them and as to where they can make ground and cover ground and she's just taking it. And it's just, uh, it's such a powerful scene. And like I said, I don't even know how to fully put into words why it moves me the way it well, does or maybe why it moves people. Well, and that's what I was going to say. Patty Jenkins does such a good job with the scene because she truly, like I said, she's already allowed you to build the, to this point. So when she climbs up out of the the trench and they're like, oh gosh, she's gonna die, and all of a sudden they do the slow mo of the of the bullets coming at her, and all of a sudden the deflection, each one, and she's noticing them being deflected, and yeah. she's beginning to realize what she's capable of in this moment, and that's why it's kind of empowering too, because one, there's this issue of she's going to help, there's this compassion behind why she's doing this, but secondly, it's kind of this. Like I said, she's an emblem of female empowerment, and in this moment, she's realizing what she's capable of. So there's power behind it. And I think part of it, like you said, that's a good point, that she wasn't even fully aware of how powerful she was when she's like, well, I'm going to do something about it. Yes. And I think it's powerful sort of not to get deep with it, but it's like... I'm not going, she wasn't going to accept the status quo of yes. what was. Yes. She was going to even, you know, she was going to step out, literally, figuratively, um, you know, and do what she could to make a change. Yes. And that's where, like I said, where Superman is this emblem of, of we can be better. Wonder Woman is equally the symbol of we can do better. Yes. And as she steps out... I love, and it's just, the scene just keeps, she begins to run and picks up steam, and it just keeps getting more emotional, really, as you're it watching does. it. And then I love the shot they do from above, where you see all the fires on her. I mean, it looks like fireworks going off because all the gunpowder, and she's got her shield, and she's down just taking it all. At which point, Steve is like, let's go. And all the men begin to take ground and follow her as she's leading this pack of men. So it's just, it's a powerful image. You know, and, and in that moment, her bravery, I think she reignites hope yes, for so many yes. it's that, like that all, are viewing this. All those men that have been trapped there for weeks all of a sudden have this new sense of hope and they begin to conquer and take the take the land that previously they couldn't cross yes. because she's drawing all of the, the firepower. So it's just awesome. And then, of course, she, she takes into the, the city and the scene where she busts through the window and, and she begins to take out their legs and then the Wonder Woman music kicks in. I, I love the Wonder Woman thing. Yeah. And as soon as that music kicks in, it's just awesome as, as the, the way they, again, the fighting in this. And then when she busts through the window with the guy, I mean, everything yes. about this scene is just awesome. And, of course, Steve and them are there, and they play their role. And something I noticed uh, as there's the sniper that's up in, like, a church, and Steve has this idea, and it hit me, I told Natalie, that Steve, Steve's very smart. Like I said, Steve's an awesome character. He had, he had paid attention to Robin Wright's character, how she had told all the women, shield, and they boost her up so she can jump. Steve apparently had really taken note of that. Because he takes Robin Wright's idea and he gets he gets a like 
basically kind of a shield type thing so they can boost Diana up. Yeah. And of course she takes them out. So that whole scene, like I said, from the moment Wonder Woman begins to notice all the stuff to the to the till the point where they're taking the picture after they've conquered this village or taken back the village for these people, freed these people. That is one of the best scenes in any comic book movie ever. Like it that is the gold standard uh, scenery right there. <laughs> yeah, I would honestly say, just like rewatching that, you know, recently, that's probably one of the best action sequences I've ever seen, period, and, and, in any movie. And why? Again, that's why I said I love DC and stuff with comics. There's there's emotion. There's so much emotion behind it. It's it's symbolic of more than just this comic movie. Like it has yes. so much. It has weight and it has power these, these behind undertones it. Undertones of of change and like I said, not accepting the status quo. Just that whole sequence. Yes. So it's compassion. Yes, and, and it's awesome. And then they go from scenes like that to these soft moments of Steve teaching her how to dance. And so this movie's just it's just a great movie. Oh, this is random. Something from a little earlier. I think it was before they got on the boat, but some. Something that made me genuinely kind of laugh and smile once again. Wonder Woman, she's just so cute. She's so dang cute. But um, she uh, when she has the ice cream and she says, "Yes, oh, it's wonderful," and she tells the man very earnestly, she's like, "You should be very proud." You know? Yes, yeah. <laughs> of this ice cream making and, skill. And Steve's like, "You should be." <laughs> it really, is. it's pretty. Just funny. once again, the fish out of water, just kind of experiencing life for the first time—the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yes, yeah. There's so many just great comedic ice moments. Cream's definitely part of the good. That is that is a great part of the good. There's so many just comedic. That's what this movie does so well of bouncing off of comedy to heart to where you're almost in tears and then you're laughing. Like it, it does it does that so well. And you guys at this point, if you've listened to me, know I love practical effects. I'm able to really get into this this no man's land scene because it feels like a real world when it they're does. when they're in this village fighting it it feels like they're really in a village fighting like you know that they made that set and it's not just a green screen and and I just connect better with that so this yeah. movie does that very well too um, and that kind of ends really the the third I mean the the second act of this movie and moving into the third act the third act really sets up. Really, the final the final battle. Of course, Steve and them break into that that German facility or party, and she almost kills this this German leader that she thinks is Ares disguised, and and eventually they they bomb with this gas that's been created by Doctor Poison that village. And she goes, and it's so touching when she goes back to that village and she's like, they're all dead because yeah. these people she had just fought to save now are dead. And right. it, it was again, kind of a waking up moment for her. And this leads into the final, the final battle, the final scene. And I think she's a little resentful of Steve in that she moment is. because she's kind of like, you didn't believe in me or believe what I said. She's like, you're a part of the problem. And he's like, maybe I am, you know, but, but yes, it, it leads into this final scene. And I love she she of course kills the German leader ultimately, but and Steve goes off. She's still mad at Steve. He goes off to to save the day because again he's a great character who's equally part of saving the day. And I do. And, well, and can I just say he's such a and we can get to that more too. But he was such a great example for her. I think yes. of humans in general. He was. Uh, you know, like he's willing to admit when he's wrong. You know, maybe I am part of the problem. But he also, you know, as we know, ultimately will give his all to make the world a better place. So it's like, you know, humans, as I think they kind of quote later in the movie, 
we are all good and bad, you know, but but as she ultimately decides we're worth fighting for. Well, and uh, does his character, speaking of Indiana Jones, it's kind of Indiana Jones-like because he's a good guy. You undoubtedly know he's a good guy, but he kind of has an Indiana Jones vibe. Like, yeah. you know, he even tells her, I've stolen, I've lied, you know, the things he did. And his point is... Yeah, he's not trying to be some, uh, you know example of a perfect human yes but yet he's a good guy it's just like indiana jones in that regard but so uh i love i do i was genuinely shocked in the theater when they do the reveal of who uh eris is is. yeah because it's this guy who had helped them from the british uh when they were in london in in the library well in the kind of the meeting yes and he'd helped them and paid for them to go on this trip and to find out it's Ares, it was kind of like, oh, like, and I love their the dialogue. Like he explains, like he's the one who gives humans these ideas to do these bad things, and he's behind some of this. And I will say this: I would say, and I've heard someone said this on Twitter. I would say their final fight is probably the weakest part of the movie. Right. Probably, but it's not bad. It, yeah. it definitely doesn't ruin the movie in any way. Like it's, I would say it's the weakest, but it's still. I think because of their dialogue, I actually still can really enjoy even their final battle. Yes. Because they really do have some some great, really the dialogue between him and her are great in this. And at which point Steve discovers a way. If you get on this plane, he can blow up all this poisonous gas. And it's touching. I like how the first time when we see Steve come to Diana's character. We don't hear. We don't hear. Yes, we don't hear what's said. And you just see him mouthing something off and then running off. And, of course, Steve gives literally his all, his his life. He gives his life to to save everyone as he goes up with the gas and, and blows it up by shooting a gun off. And at which point Diana just goes berserk. Like, she's had enough with Eris at this point. Like, she's yeah. mad. And that this is when she truly... And Eris actually is the one who... Ares is actually the one who tells Diana when she says... He, she says something about... The, oh, yeah. He stops her sword, which she thinks is the god killer, killer that her mother told her was the god killer. And he's like, oh, my dear, you're the god killer. Right, so, that was the kind of big reveal yes. to her of who she truly is. Yes, and and it's after Steve, she sees Steve has died, giving everything, that she truly begins in this final moments of this battle to realize who she is. And as she absorbs all that energy, and then just boom, like, you know, takes him out. Once again, awesome moment. Yes, totally awesome moment. But before that happens, I love this quote. Uh, he, they, like I said, their dialogue is great in this final fight. And uh, she says, oh, and two, we then hear what Steve said to her. Yeah. And Steve, you know, gives him his watch, which is a callback to the first act of the movie and when they first were getting to know each other. And he tells her he loves her. And he says, uh, I can save today, you can save tomorrow, which is a great line. And, and it's really how it works and yeah. kind of the story of Wonder Woman. But I love, two, Ares is... Basically saying humanity doesn't deserve us. He's really kind of tempting her. He is. Like, join... To the dark side, yeah. so to say. Yeah, he's like, join me. Humanity doesn't deserve us, us Greek gods. They're they're all bad. And she sees Dr. Poison, who literally is responsible for Steve's death. And it, she's about to kill her, and it's like it hits her, like, kind of how pathetic this woman is. And, and pretty much, I would say, true justice is done 
by not killing her because she doesn't continue this pattern of, of doing, of trying to right a wrong with another wrong. But she, and, but, and I remember seeing it the first time. That was a powerful moment. To yes, me. because it's kind of like, no, I'm, I'm not going to do that. Like I'm going to be better than that. I'm going to be better than that, which is kind of again this theme of this movie. And she doesn't kill Doctor Poison, and he, he says, he says to her, they don't deserve you. Speaking of humans, and she says, you're wrong about them. They are everything you say, but, but so much more. It's not about what you deserve, it's about what you believe, which, which Steve had said to her. It's not yeah. about what you deserve, but what you believe. Which, again, goes back to that moment of compassion with Dr. Poison's character. Like, because she deserved to die, but Diana and that, and believe, taking what Steve told her, it's not about what you deserve, it's what you believe. And Diana believed, you know, not to kill, basically, people for no reason. Right, and that touched me as almost her being almost like a godlike figure, you know, not to make this, but it's like, uh, you know, that's how maybe God could feel about us. Maybe we don't deserve it, but he does it, and that was the position she ultimately took, was that, you know, maybe they don't deserve it, but, you know, well, she's going to help, and she's going to... And her point, and there's, you're wrong about them, there's so much more. Her point is, is yes, they can be bad, but they also can be a part of the solution. We also can be lovely. Yes, we also can be great. So so you see that, and, and that whole battle, of course, is then it ends... And the end of the movie with her and Steve's three friends that fought with her and her secretary, and they're in London and there's a celebration going on because the war has stopped. She stopped the war, literally, at the end of this movie. And as she goes and sees the board of the fallen soldiers and Steve's pictures on it, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a touching, I think it's it a is. touching ending. And then she begins, it moves back again to the, the present day, and we see her and she finally realizes like, again, she realizes that like I am here. As Steve said, I can save today, you can save tomorrow. And she truly embraces that. And we see her just kind of soaring through London out to, to save the day at the very end of the movie. Yes. But but that's kind of the three acts. Is there anything in any of those acts that you feel we left out that you want to say? or? Uh, no, not that I can think of. Yeah, I mean, it's just... It's just a great, absolutely great movie. Like I said, it was one of the first things since The Dark Knight that just truly grabbed me of, wow, like th there's power in this movie. This is a great comic book movie. I, I just love it. One of my favorite comics ever. Yes. That I've ever seen. Oh, it's right up there. It's up there with The Dark Knight for me. Uh, it really yeah. is. Of being a gold standard movie. And it really, I, I think with this movie, DC kind of found... Leaving the, the, the gritty darkness of the Dark Knight, it found a nice balance. It did. Of there's realness to it and there's some grit to it, but then there's also so much light, happy, and comedic right, things right. in this movie. Like it truly has everything. So, and I think some of it, just having that female touch. You yes. Know? Yes. And, and I'll, I'll try to play it at the very end, but the Wonder Woman theme... I, again, I just love that theme. When you hear that theme, it just makes me smile. Just, I think she works out sometimes to the the new one, the oh, one they play. Well, no, in the that, that that's just the trailer music. That's not okay. her theme. Her no, theme not her song, theme, but the Wonder Woman 1984. Yeah, that's great too. Her theme song is that guitar just going. Yes. It's it's great. It's awesome. It really is. But but that's kind of it for this movie. And I will have to say that my most anticipated movie of this year is Wonder Woman 1984. That is now, it's been changed multiple times. 
because of uh, coronavirus. So, but it is now supposed to come out in October, and I cannot wait to see this movie. The trailer looks absolutely awesome. It does. And I am so excited. Like I said, Steve is so valuable and such a vital role character in this movie. They found a way to bring him back in uh, Wonder Woman 1984. I just, I just hope he can stay around. Yeah, I have a feeling that won't happen, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> maybe they find a way to bring him back in the third movie. I don't know. Well, yeah, <laughs> but he, it's he, true. It, We'll see, but I, I'm so excited for that movie, um, again, coming out in October. But any any final thoughts, or is that about it? I'm very looking forward to that. Yeah, me too. Had, looking forward to the new one. And it has the Mandalorian himself, Pedro Pascal, in this movie. Oh, I forgot. Yeah. That's yeah. right. He's like one of the villains, so very, it'll be interesting. Very cool. Yes. Yeah. But that is it for this episode of Force of Light Entertainment. And again, we want to thank Podcorn, our sponsor, for sponsoring this episode. So check them out. And also check out the red5network.com. We appreciate you for joining the conversation and encourage you to check out some of our other episodes. And look for a new episode every Sunday. Yes. And if you want to reach out to us, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Force of Light Entertainment. And I am Michelle 34 Smith on each. And Natalie, where are you? And I am Nat Loves Bella 07 on Instagram and Natalie R. Grace on Twitter. And we just want to say again, thank you guys for watching. If you stuck around this long, please like and subscribe. We'd love to have you. Feel free to leave us comments, suggestions, whatever you'd like. Yes. I mean, as long as it's nice. Or yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> but we, we appreciate you all. And again, join the conversation. And next time, let's talk some more movies. Bye, all right. Guys. Bye.